1: So subscribe today at www.ajc.com/unapologeticallyatl
0: This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm here with Kamiko McCoy, who is one of our social media specialists here at the AJC. uh, And she's going to bring us this week's story. Welcome, Kamiko. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Glad to have you with us for the first time.
1: Thank you so much. So happy to be here.
0: Um, So tell us what you brought.
1: So this week, um, we're going to be talking about poetry in Atlanta. Um, There are a couple of slam... um, teams here in Atlanta that they compete and they put out some really, really great work. So I tagged along with them. I talked to them a couple of times and kind of got some some insight as to how they do it and how they make the magic happen with these words. Cool.
0: Where do they do this?
1: So there are a couple of um, pillars, what you would call them, or uh, coffee shops around Atlanta right. that put out... Um, put out some space for these poets to be able to come together and do slam poetry. Um, the first one that I've ever gone to was Java Monkey, which is one of the OGs, or the original ones here. Right. Um, but you also have Red Light Cafe, Apache Cafe, there's Urban Grind, and a, and a handful of others. And then um, with the way the poetry scene is moving, there's some popping up all the time. Yeah. Just local well, coffee shops.
0: That's cool. So, and those are sort of all over, because Java Monkey is Decatur, right? Yes. And, Red lights like on Amsterdam Avenue, yes. Midtown. Yes, exactly. Um, Apache Cafe is over near Georgia Tech, sort of. Mm-hmm. So they're everywhere. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So what happens at uh, at these? You know, it, the are they. Poetry slams, basically?
1: Yes. So for the most part, they're open mic nights, um, but they will have a feature that will come in, and that's someone who is, like, proficient in poetry. It's really incredible to watch. Um, you have some new covers going up there, some folks who have never done it before. Right. Um, so the... F- Basically, the show goes. Um, everybody comes in, sits down, and then they have a poet that will open up. It's normally um, a poet that's been around for a while. Right. Um, they'll open up, introduce everybody and whatnot, um, and spit a couple of their own poems um, while they're up there, just kind of get the crowd warmed up. Right. After that, we will go ahead and have um, some of our newer ones come up after, like, signing up on a sign-in sheet. Yeah. You'll go ahead... And um, we have a habit of making sure that you applaud them if it's their first time. Yes. You know, be very welcome. It's a it's a big deal. It's a pretty scary thing to get up in front of people sure. and kind of you know um, let your heart out. But after they have a couple of re- couple of rounds of um, poets, then they'll have their feature poem come up, a uh, feature poet come up, and sometimes they'll have a, a group, which is um, one of the teams that I followed around, Artemuk, which is run out of Red Light. Um, uh huh. They were the last shows feature that I went to, and they had a couple of group pieces, which are really interesting to hear the different huh. dynamics there.
0: Wow, that's something I don't I don't know that I've ever seen that. That sounds sounds fascinating.
1: Yes, two of them um, actually kind of like built themselves into like a car, and so huh. while they were doing the poem, they were also like right like became like a vehicle, and it looked like that wow. it was a car racing. It was wow. <laughs> So, it so it's really different. Yeah,
0: so it's not not just not just uh the words, but sometimes movement as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's really interesting to watch, you know. That's
0: that's really cool. I mean, this is sort of like a almost like a subculture that that most people aren't even aware exists.
1: In a in a landscape like Atlanta where you have creatives just out the wazoo, you know. Yeah. It's really, really cool to see those undersets yeah. of of folks doing such creative work um, yeah. and making themselves in, like human vehicles and whatnot, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, really interesting to watch um, those those different cultures come together to kind of collaborate and come in, fold itself into the much larger theme of
0: Atlanta. Right. Yeah. So these, uh, so the people who do this, I mean, do they? Do they come from all over? Do they, I mean, I'm sure it's just this is mostly Atlanta, but uh, you know, these are people who come into town, or you know, what, what, who, who does this?
1: So the people that I talked to um, started here with Java and the Artemuk um, right. Slam Team, which is based out of Red Light, like I said, and then Java. Um, so we talked to Teresa Davis, um, Ryan Jones, and Karen G. And those were, um, Karen and Teresa were the founding members, founding fathers, founding mothers of um, right. <laughs> of Artemuk and um, came here. Late 90s, early 2000s, and they wanted to create a space for women and queer people um, to kind of have their own home in the slam poetry scene. And, yeah. you know, thus rose Artemuk.
0: That's cool. Well, that I mean, you know, cities like Atlanta are, are sort of a magnet, I guess, for for art that, you know, may not have a platform in, in other places.
1: And, Absolutely. That is actually one of the points that they brought up when I spoke to Karen. Um, she said the whole being of Atlanta kind of embodies what they wanted to do right. with Artemuk by just being a, a kind of a home for different voices. Right. You know, um, she said most of the time you'd go to a show and you'd see their featured speaker would be, you know, not a woman and certainly, right. not, and certainly not a queer person. So they were very, <laughs> very happy to have that LGBT community right. as well as a place for brown women to kind of right. be showcased.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, this is this is definitely a place for that diversity where, you know... You sort of have to come to this these bigger, bigger places in order for that, uh, you know, to really show, you know, to come to fruition, the art and all of that. I
1: exactly, think. exactly.
0: This is really cool. I had no idea that this sort of stuff... I mean, I knew that there were poetry slams and things like that, but that there's this whole little... You know this subculture—people who are doing this on a regular basis—and they are doing it fairly regularly.
1: Yeah, they actually just came back. Artemuk and I think um, two other teams—Slam ATL and one more—just got back from a, the National Poetry Slam um, competition oh, cool. up in Chicago. Um, and Artemuk brought back a uh, brought back a trophy for their group cool. piece. So congratulations to them for <laughs> sure. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, they went up there and competed, and you know, you have judging and whatnot based off of you know. Um, X number of factors, so they brought back um, that. And then on top of that, the coffee shops do them, I think, every, like, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. So there's really – it's your pick of the day when you right. want to hear some poetry.
0: Wow, that's great. So I'm assuming that, uh, you know, these various groups and, and venues and stuff have have information online about, you know – Uh, attending, joining in, whatever.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then there is really, um, I've seen folks even just kind of walk up to the poets afterward and get some more information. So that's always an option too.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, face-to-face sometimes is the best way to do it. (laughs) Well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for bringing this to us. I, I love to hear about new things that You know, so a lot of people may not know about. Absolutely. So, anyway, with that, uh, let's hear um, Kamiko's story on uh, the local poetry scene.
2: One of these days, someone's going to mess around and give me a movie deal, and I'll make a movie about time traveling zombies, which, yes, is as wild as it sounds. Uh, These zombies will not eat people, they will not slink down alleyways existing, aka waiting to do you harm. These zombies will be revolutionary. They'll find joy in their or They'll time travel and not have to worry about whether their dreams are realistic or whether someone will mistake their moans for screaming or their laughter for shouting. These zombies won't have to think about when and where they aren't welcome, or the names people might call them, ghoul, monster, thug, black. These zombies will find joy in their bodies, in their graves that belong to them, and spaces away from humans, humans, humans. And I made these zombies too, to make their resistances more permanent to increase the spaces they occupy, and I'll call them brother, sister, mom, dad, and I'll call them important, love, foundation, Now they'll love each other, and they'll love their whole countries, and they'll love their languages, these zombies, they'll have every reason to keep living, because you can't kill them, they can't Can't die die. again, because they're zombies, damn it. (laughs) The least they deserve is this, this movie, where they can finally be free.
1: Ryan Jones has been a poet in Atlanta for two and a half years. On stage, the Georgia native goes by the name Ryan J., and he speaks about everything from black boy joy to time-traveling zombies. Like in the poem you just heard a snippet of, Zombies in the Dark.
3: I joined uh, the Atlanta poetry scene in 2016. I had been doing um, College Slam in Macon, Georgia. I went to school at Mercer University. Uh, Did slam down there, uh, participated in the College Union's Poetry Slam Invitational and placed top 20 in the nation for uh, collegiate spoken word teams. Uh, and then after that, like the next year, I moved back up, graduated, moved back up to Atlanta. Kind of got involved with slam here, um, and you know, at first it was like a kind of rocky road. Uh, I wasn't like immediately accepted into the scene just because you know, it's a it's kind of a family type situation where everybody knows one another, and so everybody's like really close knit and tight knit. It's kind of hard to break into that. But you know, once I started slamming in 2016 and started winning poetry slams, I kind of got welcomed in, and I've been. Uh, kind of slamming with uh, the Atlanta scene ever since, you know. Um, I was part of the 2017 Java Monkey Slam, uh, or Java Monkey Slam team. Uh, got second place in that to one of my teammates this year, uh, which is super funny. Um, and yeah, and then this year, yeah, went and slammed for Art of Muck. So it's been a wild, but fun ride. When people think of rap, or when they think of like, uh, or spoken word, they don't really think of it as like a literary art, they think of it more in like a musical sense and, and kind of try to separate it from the literary arts, but it's it's really nice to exist in Atlanta and, and, and be here where uh, we're kind of a part of the fray, you know, we're, we're a part of what I would consider to be the, the literary portfolio that Atlanta has. Um, and so yeah, I, I think to end, and to kind of take it a step further, uh, like you were saying about it being, like, the hip-hop capital, I think it's important to realize that, like, we have more to offer than just the rap. And so, like, you get, like, a lot of these rappers out here also come to these open mics and they participate in Spoken Word and, like, you know, go to poetry slams and, like, do really well because they're able to, like, showcase that, like, not only are they able to, like, rap over a beat, but they're also, like, able to take their words and, like, you know, do it a cappella and then, like, show off, like, the, the intricacies of like you know what they put together and so i think it's like really dope to be a part of this space and like it's i think it's i think spoken word in particular is like a it's kind of a a pillar of what i would consider to be the Atlanta literary scene
1: he's what's known as a slam poet and he spits his rhyme alongside shea alexi christina schmidt and nate mass together they make up the slam team artemuk started by poets teresa davis and karen Garibrandt.
4: Be and you know what else makes me happy? <laughs> Breathing. Oh, <laughs> uh, and <sighs> it's like it, why do
2: we take it, that it, for granted? It's, it's amazing
4: and necessary. and necessary. Much
2: like softness and love and joy, they will, will tell, tell you to keep it to, it to yourself. yourself. That it can't be valid if it's a loud, boisterous <laughs> happening.
4: That softness isn't palatable like this.
2: And you will remind them that,
4: that their, their feelings about their your joy don't. Feel once but you're
2: glad, glad they had feelings in the first place. Isn't that
4: the softest thing? To, to be alive and not sorry. It's kind of like it's kind of like siblings. Like it's not really like a rivalry. Everybody supports each other, but there's also like there's like the friendly competition between the, the Atlanta teams. Um, and you know, just focusing on like the writing and just bonding as a team.
2: God incarnate was a homeless man who probably drank too
4: much what? wine and, and, and needed a bath.
2: No, and Jesus right. was it twice. Yeah.
4: Jesus said, blessed are the meek, the poor, the hungry. Can
2: you not care for the rich, the boastful, the comfortable,
4: the The gospel is a call to discomfort. And And does does
2: this poem poem make you uncomfortable? If you were to eat these words, would they burn you? So we've had these sort of two operating strategies. Like, Artemok is is kind of known for um, sort of more like misfit, marginalized voice poetry than sometimes what works at Java Monkey, at least historically. Like, that's not really true anymore, but, like, in the beginning it was. In the beginning it was like, like, women of color and women were, like, qualifying more at Art and than they were at Java Monkey. And that was sort of normalized, like, that's sort of how most scenes are. I
4: remember it like it was yesterday. A couple of prepubescent boys. Hovered around a living room TV at a Friday night sleepover. Pillows, sleeping bags, and Nerf guns strewn about the floor. Drunk off mountain and eating pizza like our lives depended on it. Doing what we do best. Living our best lives. Up like ten-year-olds are supposed to, but this was what we all came for. The thing that would change our lives forever. Break out the N64. It's Mario Kart time. See, back in the day, I threw green shells with the best of them. Which sharpshooter shocked my opponents into last place? Could drift half the track if you let me. Coming around the bin in third place, a show is his past. Narrowly escaping the dreaded banana peel. And, and smashing into the little multicolored item box thing with the force of 1,000 thwops. Aw, oh, moment of truth. Aw. Oh, oh, Gold star, I'm invincible, <laughs> nothing can stop me. First, First place, place is, mine is mine for the taking, music is playing, lights are flashing, everyone, everyone is laughing and yelling, I'm winning, having the time of my life. And now, I'm 16 years old. License fresh fresh in hand hand. with all the power that comes behind the steering wheel of a Chrysler town and country Ready ready to to taste an open open road for the first time time. And I keep flashing back to everything I learned while playing Mario Kart The The rush rush of momentarily losing control, control. a little bit of swerving never hurt anybody Just Just try to stay stay off the guardrails
2: When you see an opening in that next lane over Hit hit the the gas gas,
4: quick, laser focus for a few seconds The whole road will open up ahead of you Speed limits are merely a a suggestion. suggestion The world is yours for the taking And now I'm, I'm 27 years old.
2: And the only thing between me and that finish line is some NPC who doesn't know they're about to
4: be in last place. And now, the only thing between me and that podium is a friend of mine who refuses to move out the way. And now, the only thing between me and my house are five shots of Jameson, my keys that they have in, and Come a track that, that I've driven before, before, but is looking, looking real unfamiliar. Real. On, but, but I know I can okay. make it. I've, I've done, done this done before. Crown myself king of this course. Know and every, every route like, like the back of a, of a Koopa, Koopa shell. shell. Know the tricks the other players would pull, like staying in their lanes, setting up roadblocks, streetlights, crosswalks,
2: My friends are acting all high and mighty like they haven't played this game before. Like Like they they don't know know the
4: rules. rules. Like winning at all costs hasn't always been the motto. Like Like I don't don't have the gold gold star. Like Like I'm I'm not not invincible. invincible. And then something hits me. But I'm I'm supposed to be untouchable. Then the curb. The car is spinning. Lights are flashing. Music is playing. Lights are flashing. Sirens are screaming. Lights 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 are flashing. flashing. Everything is a blur. Blur. Sir, could you step out of the car, please? But don't you know, officer, I'm just living my best life. Like a drunk driver is supposed to. I can swear to you I'm invincible. And that you were the only thing between me and that finish line. But this isn't a game anymore. There is no restart option. No cute floating mushroom headed guy to place you back on the track. The lights are still flashing. But the music is no longer playing. Cold steel clasps tightly around my wrist. And as I am placed in the back of a car that I have no control over. I begin to sober up. And I ask myself, was it worth it, risking the lives of everyone around me for 15 minutes of thrill, for ego, for a night of cutting loose, for refusing to grow up?
3: I, I think people, when they write poetry, when they first approach poetry, they think of it as like a confessional of sorts. It, it, more often than not, it turns, to, it turns out to be a confessional. People, when they write poems, they want to, communicate the stuff they feel like they aren't able to tell other people um and so when you have an open mic that's particularly like poetry centered or spoken word centered you uh you have to realize that like people are coming up with their most vulnerable work they're coming up with the work that they wouldn't share with their own family members and so like it's important to have a space like java monkey like Artemuk, like uh like you know urban grind uh where people are Able to share that work, not be judged for it, and like you know, create community out of that, and like relate to people based on those experiences that they're sharing. So like, and it's and it's just really wild. Like the number of people you actually connect with sharing those experiences. Um, and so yeah, I think if if Java Monkey and Artimuck and Urban Grind weren't safe spaces, um, you know, then I think. People probably wouldn't come back and share or they wouldn't write as much or they wouldn't feel like they were as connected to the people in the area, uh, you know. So I think it's super duper important that, you know, that those are safe spaces and that those spaces exist for people to get that off of their chest. Because otherwise I feel like people would just be at home by themselves experiencing that and and not being able to like communicate and connect. And, you know, and that's like the primary function of poetry, you know, even though writing is considered a solitary act. But like, yeah, I think poetry is meant to do that, to bridge the gap.
1: In August... Artemuk was one of three Atlanta teams to compete in the National Poetry Slam in Chicago. They brought home a trophy for their group piece. If you want to catch them and other poets live, try Urban Grind, Java Monkey, Red Light Cafe, or your local coffee shop.
0: Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. If you're looking for a down-home holiday gathering with a hefty dose of bluegrass flair, don't miss Ole Opry's Country Christmas at the Earl and Rachel Smith Strand Theater in Marietta on Friday, December 7th. Join Travis Cottle and his one-horse band as they welcome a host of talented guests for a night of festive holiday music with a country twist. In addition to the music, you'll experience some traditional Southern storytelling, and there might even be some sing-along opportunities after the show. Head to the Strand Theater this weekend for the Strand Opry Christmas Show, happening at 8 p.m. on Friday, December 7th. Tickets are $20 or $18 in advance. You can get those at earlsmithstrand.org. Written and directed by Outfront Theater's founder and producing artistic director Paul Conroy, the Merman Disco Spectacular will deck the halls with holiday tunes beginning on December 6th. Take a trip back to 1979 for this imaginative review that envisions what the legendary Ethel Merman's disco Christmas television special might have been. It's a star-studded variety show populated by a cavalcade of celebrities who have been recruited to help bring a disco beat to the holiday season. So head on down to Studio 54 and find out why there's no business like show business as this world premiere musical brings the boogie to the yuletide celebration. Check out the Ethel Merman Disco Spectacular at Outfront Theatre from December 6th through December 22nd. The theatre is located at Brady Avenue and 19th Street. Tickets are $15 to $25 and you'll find those and more information at outfronttheater.com. Chattahoochee Nature Center's most popular family fun day of the year is back with live reindeer, performances, winter crafts, face painting and more. Get in the holiday spirit, bring a picnic and plan to enjoy the fun activities. The Chattahoochee Nature Center is located on the Chattahoochee River in Roswell and sits on a beautiful site comprised of 127 acres of native plants and gardens that showcase the beauty of Georgia. For more than 40 years, the Nature Center has continued to grow and to reach out to citizens as a place to explore new ideas and expand the awareness of the natural world. This weekend's holiday-themed Family Fun Day is included with general admission, which is $10 for adults, $7 for ages 13 to 18, and for ages 65 and older, $6 for ages 3 to 12, and it's free for ages 2 and younger. Head to the Chattahoochee Nature Center from 2 to 6 p.m. on Sunday, December 9th. Get all the details at chatnaturecenter.org. That's C-H-A-T-T naturecenter.org. Stage Door Players offers up a dysfunctional family Christmas in the company's latest production, the comedy A Nice Family Christmas. If you're looking for proof no one has a monopoly on harrowing holiday gatherings, this tale of a young reporter is just the ticket. On Christmas Eve, a newspaper reporter on the brink of being fired is assigned a last chance story about a typical family Christmas, his family's Christmas. The gathering includes his recently widowed mother, his crazy uncle, his eccentric grandmother and his battling siblings and their neurotic spouses. They're not exactly thrilled when they learn that he's writing an article with some very personal family information. Stage Door Players, A Nice Family Christmas, runs through December 16th at North DeKalb Cultural Arts Center in Dunwoody. Tickets are $15 to $33, and they're available at stagedoorplayers.net. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guen, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.